able to look back, look back at where we've come from. And uh, this morning you walked in and hopefully you've all got one of these little blue cards on your seat there uh, because that's what we want to be looking at now in unpacking that a little bit about how have we got to where we are today and where are we going into the future. So how do we get to today? How do we get to Vision Sunday? Well, earlier this year, uh, we decided as, a, as an eldership and a leadership and partial team to really look at, well, what is the future looking like? Where, where do we feel that the Lord is leading us? And so we went and undertook and engaged uh, Timon Bengston from uh, Christian Community Churches of Queensland. He's our state coordinator, and he has done a, uh, this a number of times before with churches. And uh, so we engaged him to sort of help us in that journey. And so you would remember back in May, we did a bit of a health check survey. So you all would have done an anonymous survey, filled out all the data. Uh, Timon had a, a number of um, interviews with the pastoral team as individuals and the elders as individuals as well too. We, and then a few forums as well with 30 to 40 uh, plus people coming together uh, who were involved in the various ministries of the church and provided some feedback and, and insights to Timon. And, uh, and then we also met with some of the youth and the young adults as well too. And so Timon then took that data and that information, those conversations, and he compiled it together. And out of that, uh, we um, were able to receive a report and being um, as part of the leadership, we got that report and there's some recommendations and that, but we want to be completely open with you and transparent about what those results were from that report. And the way that Timon uh, put that together was looking at um, 10 indicators of a healthy church of what you see in, the, in a New Testament church. And uh, so you'll see up here, you'll see the next slide actually shows you, not that one actually, just the one before. This one here shows, so there was a number of 10 indicators and they were ranked Green, yellow, orange, and red. Green being a strength of the church. Yellow may require some care and attention. Orange is an area that needs to be addressed in the future, and red was desperate need of attention. And so Timon compiled all the survey data and his conversations, and uh, he compiled it and gave us a report. And these were the results of the 10, uh, 10 areas. And so you can see across the board, there's a, a few greens, some yellows, and some orange there. And those were the 10 indicators that Timon used uh, for us and then gave us a feedback on, on each of those different areas as well too. And that's where we've come to today. So as we took a bit of that data, and it's just encouraging to see that the centrality of God's word is green. Because if there wasn't the centrality of God's word, then we probably wouldn't be a church, would we? So uh, it was encouraging to get some of that feedback from Timon and uh, from all the, the, uh, the answers that you guys gave as well too. And the overall uh, sort of, I suppose, uh, nature of the result was that we're a, we're a healthy church. We're a healthy church, but we look into the future. We need to be mindful that we don't start to become a little bit too inward looking. If we start to look a little bit too inward, then we may have a few little challenges along the way. And so there were a few things, certainly a couple of orange, and orange ones there, intentional multiplication and effective and accountable structures that, um, that were highlighted. And uh, so we, they were unpacked in a bit of a report, and then we received a few recommendations. And you'll see on the next slide, there's a few recommendations that come through from Timon. And these were the four recommendations that he gave to us as a leadership of the church to say, these are the things you need to be considering if you want to continue to be growing spiritually and numerically uh, in line with the, these 10 health indicators. And uh, so you'll see that number one was the future leadership of the church. Number two, clarity on organizational structure. Number three is providing some clarity on our mission, vision, and discipleship. And number four was resourcing the next generational ministries. 
And so today we just want to unpack those four recommendations and where we've come to as a, as a leadership and uh, bring you along on that journey as well too. So I'm going to invite Dave Taylor. He's our chairman of elders. Uh, he's just going to speak briefly to the, um, to, the, to the leadership of the church. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Finn. And uh, good morning, everyone. It's, I, I think it's great to see the kids in here with us this morning. I love to hear a bit of extra noise. I have four daughters, and let me know. There's plenty. Let me tell you, there's plenty of noise at our house, and so having the kids here just gives an extra feel and makes it feel more like a family and sound like a family. So great to see you all here this morning. Well, from the first point that Finder said, I want to inform you regarding some of the changes and priorities for our church leadership moving forward. And the review highlighted the need to train and mentor new elders for the next generation. So we'll be praying identifying and training younger elders and this is going to be paramount as we seek to be a church that glorifies God and everything that we do in the future and in the meantime Roel has decided to step down from church leadership and it's been a big big few years Roel he's been an absolute blessing from the very beginning we've heard those stories at the beginning a lot of people aren't aware Roel was involved in those stories so he's he's seen the church move forward and him and Rob we want to thank you um, as a church congregation in February. We're going to be moving forward and thanking them for all their contribution. But this morning, we wanted to thank you for what they've done. And, for, uh, and as we move forward as a church, it's going to be a, a big shift. Subsequent to that, as an eldership, we see Dave as executive pastor, that he should be part of the eldership as a church. As a transparent eldership, we always love to hear the views of people regarding that suggestion. So feel free to um, let anyone of the church um, the leadership know what your thoughts are regarding that position. And one of the other out- um, outcomes of review is the clarity of the structure of the church. And Finn, do you want to, um, Finn will take over from here. Yep. Thanks, Dave. And so just be mindful, Roel will be stepping down on his 80th birthday, I believe, isn't it, Roel? His 80th birthday in February next year. So we, we are really appreciative of Roel and his, his gift of service to the eldership here. Clarity of... Um, of the campus here uh, was another item that uh, came forward out of, the, out of one of the recommendations. And again, there's a lot that happens on this 48 acres. And 48 acres 30 plus years ago was just a little swampland and a bit of a cow paddock and a few maybe barbed wire fences. But today there is a significant amount of infrastructure. Uh, we've got some ministry, campus ministries, large campus ministries that operate on the site here. But at the core and at the heart of that is Mueller Community Church. And each of those ministries were established for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of being able to present the gospel to groups of people that don't even know they need to hear it. So whether that's down in the kindy, whether that's in the college, whether that's in the retirement village or in the care facility, we want to be able to take those opportunities to share the love of Jesus with those people. They don't even know they need to hear it, but they can come to us, be able to get an education, etc., but then they can also hear about the good news of Jesus. And so part of the, uh, the, the campus structure here is where my role sits in that. And uh, there was a, a sort of an idea of providing a little bit of um, clarity around that and how that works in relation to the church. And we just did a little org chart from, um, uh, that you'll see on the, on the screen here uh, where we have the elders. So Mueller Community Church, we own the properties here at 75 and 77 Morris Road. And the, the properties are to be used for the glory of God, to be used as vehicles for ministry, to see lives transformed. 
And so on that, we have outside school of care, early learning centre, Mueller College, Peninsula Palms, and we have Mueller Church as well too. And each of those have their ministry leaders that are responsible for the day-to-day operations of those ministries. Operationally, I work with those leaders on the campus here. Because otherwise, they can just end up going off and sort of doing their own thing. But we want to be able to make sure that we maintain our core mission. As a church, we want to see people come to know Jesus. We want to see young people discipled and grow in their faith. And we want to be able to care for those elderly in their twilight years as well. And so my role sits across operationally with the, uh, these campus ministries. And then I work alongside uh, Dave as uh, executive pastor uh, within the church and in the operations of the church. But you'll also note that Dave, in his role as executive pastor, he has a theological and spiritual accountability directly to the elders, just as I have an operational responsibility directly to the elders for what happens here on the campus. So I'm hoping that that provides a little bit of clarity around sort of how we interact and how the positions work here on the campus and the heart for why we do what we do here. And uh, it's a little bit atypical, but we certainly feel led that that's the way that God leads us and guides us uh, for effective ministry. Thirdly, we had a recommendation about clarity on mission, vision and discipleship. And I'm going to invite Dave to come and share because you'll see a little blue thing and it'll say our mission on that and there's three large words there and we want to unpack that with you a little bit this morning too. Yeah, thanks Randy. Thanks Dave. What encouragement to be here and uh, to be able to share this together. We are at an important juncture but why is it an important juncture? I think it's an important juncture because In 1 Samuel 7, verse 12, it says this, Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mitzpah and Chen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. And that is the testimony of this place. We had all these rocks here for Mega Chapel on on, uh, Friday, and if I had one of those rocks, I'd put it here, because it would be like like a Ebenezer. Thus far the Lord has helped us. And the testimony is not only set with mum and Judy and Pauline and so on. They are a testimony all the way through to this present time. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Why? Why? Well, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God in terms of what he has done in this place and people who prayed much and gave much. But I'm conscious that a track record in the past is not a guarantee uh, of the future. And whilst I think about Ebenezer and thus far the Lord has been with us, I also think about Revelation chapter 2 where John is writing to the church in Ephesus. And between Acts 19 when the church was founded there in Ephesus to Acts chapter 2, there's about a 30-year time span. We've been on this campus now for 31, 32 years. And John says to Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, I know your deeds, I know your hard work, I know your perseverance, but you've forsaken the love that you had at first. And I think that's that's, that's a good warning for us, that whilst we have a history that sits in the past of God's faithfulness and his provision and so on like that, it's not the guarantee for the future. There's a part of that we play in that process. So you could actually say we're caught between a rock and a hard place. I don't ever want it written of, of this place here that, that, uh, that we'd lost that first love. 
because it goes on to say, then I'll remove the testimony, uh, the lamp of your testimony. So here we are. In this space, at this juncture, and it might be worthwhile just doing a quick little review about the church. The church is not our idea. It's not our organisation. It's not a physical building. Yesterday we had the early learning centre um, um, Christmas party in here. Uh, we had three mega chapel programs on Friday. Um, Tuesday we'll have a um, uh, PPRV lunch and something like that. It's not, it's not about the building. Church is not about a building, a physical building. It's not even ours to grow. And let's look at these next few verses that remind us about the church and who is responsible for the church. Matthew 16, 18, Peter had just declared, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus comes back and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, not Peter, but on the truthfulness of what he just spoke, uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. Whose church is it? It's Jesus' church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not overcome it. Ephesians 2, 20 and 21, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and it rises to become a holy temple. And in him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. You see, he's the cornerstone and he's building this spiritual building. He's bringing it together and he wants his spirit to be able to live in there. 1 Corinthians 3.11 For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And finally, 1 Peter 2 verse 5 You also are like living stones. You are being built into a spiritual house. That's what's happening here. This is a local version of it. And there's lots of local versions happening around uh, on the peninsula about that. Uh, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices, acceptable God through Jesus Christ. You see, Christ is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. It is his church. It is a spiritual building. It is the bride. It is the body of Christ. And we are living stones. We are members of that body. And God is doing something here in this place. The recommendation coming out from Timon was that we're to embark on a journey towards discerning from the Lord a clear mission, vision, values and disciple-making strategy. Now, our previous mission statement, it went up here on a, on a poster every morning and so on, and it said, it said this, we exist to develop God-honouring, disciple-making Christians who are biblically grounded locally engaged and globally focused. That is a great mission statement. It really is. It, it, it encompasses the breadth of what we're about as a church. But very few people were actually able to articulate it. And uh, this mission, and despite having the banner up each Sunday, it was not, we didn't often reinforce it. It wasn't easily remembered. It's a great mission statement. But it come to a time when we realised and coming out of the work that Team One was doing, we need to review it. So here we have what we are putting to the church. Our mission uh, statement that is before us is to love God and our neighbour, and that's known as the great commandment, Luke 10, uh, 10 verse 27. We are to gather as God's people. And that's a great community that he has brought together, Acts 2, verse 42, 
and then we are to go and make disciples, and that's known as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Here's the thing. This mission is not new. It's not innovative. In fact, we didn't even come up with it. We've actually drawn it directly from the Scriptures and the mandate that's been given to us. We've just put it in a way that I believe will be helpful for us. Jesus' great commandment, already said, Luke 10, uh, 27, we've been given the great commission, and then we've been given the example and the exhortation from Acts 2.42 to gather as God's people. And Hebrews 10.25 uh, exhorts us not to forsake the gathering together. We need each other. So this mission, in a sense, is our commitment as a local church, as a body. It's our roadmap. It's our directions. In fact, it's a pledge that this is the mission that Jesus has given us and we want to continue on about his mission. Three identifying features for us that should be just a standout as a church. We had a love, we had a have fellowship and they would be engaged in discipleship. That's it. It's not rocket science. It's been given to us. But it's the outworking of that though uh, is, is, the, is what sits before us. Let's just quickly unpack uh, each of those three terms. Love God and our neighbour. That's the great commandment. He answered, Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Two relationships here, one vertical and one horizontal. The vertical extends beyond just the sentiment of love. It's a commitment that should influence our decisions, our priorities and our lives, heart, soul, strength and mind. We are to love God in that capacity. And that involves the cultivation in us of prayer, worship, the study of God's word. But there's the horizontal, the fostering of compassion, empathy and active service towards others, tangible acts of kindness and understanding, seeking opportunities to serve others, meet their needs and extend a hand of friendship. It transforms love from a theoretical or a sentimental concept into a lived reality that touches and enriches the lives of those around about us. Secondly, gather. We gather as God's people. It says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You see, there is a communal aspect to the Christian journey. It is a journey that's not intended to be done alone or in isolation, but it's enriched in the context of a supportive and nurturing community. I talked to this a few weeks ago when we went through Second John. Fellowship here, when we talk about, it, is more than a casual association. It's not a club. It's not a membership. It's a deep and intentional commitment to shared values and spiritual practices. And this shared uh, commitment fosters, it needs to be fostered in an environment of mutual support, encouragement and accountability. Practically, this means that as Christians, we actively participate in our local church here in terms of regularly attending, being part of our worship, being involved in home groups, Bible studies, whatever it might be. And our core commitment as a church needs to be investing time and energy into building, but there's no full stop after that. There's certainly been a lot of time and energy invested in the buildings in terms of the ministries of this place, but it's in terms of building relationships. That's it. That's our core commitment. 
within this local community, whether it's volunteering for this church activities, home groups, extending hospitality, working with your neighbour, whatever it is. And it becomes a relation, relational framework that sustains us and uplifts up. It uplifts us because I tell you what, we need to find encouragement during challenging times. We need to have times where we celebrate victories together and grow in our understanding and application of God's word in our life. We need each other. Finally, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded and surely I'm with you always to the end of the earth. The great Commission serves as the focal point for discipleship and evangelism. This is a call beyond personal faith. Our culture wants to push our faith into something that's just personal, but it doesn't sit there. And it involves all of us in God's transformative work in the lives of others. This call, when practically applied, prompts all of us as Christians to be actually active participant in God's redemptive plan for humanity, not pushing it off to a few professional Christians. It may involve stepping out of our comfort zone, sharing one's faith boldly, investing in the spiritual growth of others and extends beyond conversion because it's about discipleship, about supporting, teaching and demonstrating what a Christ-centred life actually looks like. Bringing that all together, love for God and each other propels Christians into fellowship. That's why we do that with a community that supports and nurtures spiritual growth. This fellowship in turn becomes the launching pad for discipleship, equipping Christians to go into the world and make disciples spreading the good news of the gospel. And where the great commandment and the great community and the great commission converge, it creates a masterpiece that's all about Jesus, a masterpiece of grace and redemption. And guess what? It has eternal significance. So just coming back to the verses we started with, Christ is building his church where he is the foundation and the cornerstone. Then our love for God and each other becomes the mortar, the binding force within this gathered community of living stones and is essential for maintaining unity, strength and mutual support. Those living stones, us, are being built into a spiritual house and is where the local community of Christians come together for worship, fellowship and spiritual growth. Go then gives us an outward dimension to this metaphor. While the church is called to gather, it's also called to go beyond its walls and reach out to others. And this outreach represents the process of adding new stones to the spiritual building. There we have it. Love God and our neighbour. Gather as God's people. Go and make disciples. Love, fellowship and discipleship. This morning's like a renewing of the vows. Staying on mission. Reminding us of our responsibilities. Somebody said uh, that actually our mission requires a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission, but I would also say it takes great commitment to this great community that we have been blessed with. But you know what? It's not the end of the story because we have the final picture in seven, Revelation 7 verses 9 and 10. There is a great multitude. After this I looked and therefore before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the, God, before the Lamb and they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Our prayer is that this mission will build on the past as we pledge ourselves before God for the future. 
What do we anticipate the future to look like? Well, we have no idea. But we've put, but we have put together what we believe before God, what it will be said of this place in terms of our vision. Let me pray as Finn comes up and continues. And Lord, why this might be just stated on a card, the significance of what's said here is what you've given to us and it needs to be worked out in the life of this church. Lord, thank you that you are the faithful one. You are the one, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And the testimony of the past is certainly for that. But Lord, we stand here as it were at this juncture by wanting to renew our vows as it were to commit ourselves to faithfully serving you, walking in truth, walking in love, walking in obedience. And so we look to you and your Holy Spirit to continue working in this spiritual place in a way that honours and glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Dave. Our new mission statement, hopefully nice and easy for us to be able to recall, love gather and go. And if you turn to the back side of the card there, you'll see of what we've been working as a leadership to see where do we feel the Lord is leading us for the next 10 years. And I'd like us to read it together. We trust and pray that by 2033, in 10 years time, this can be said of Mueller Community Church. We are a welcoming Christian community who love, nurture and encourage one another, committed to lives of prayer, faith and sacrifice. We are devoted to worshipping Christ. We gather for joyful corporate worship. We grow in grace upon a strong biblical foundation. We pray in faith-stretching ways. We encourage all members to serve using their gifts. Our leaders depend on God and lead in humility. We prioritise nurturing and mentoring each generation. We boldly live out our faith, empowered by the Holy Spirit, inviting people of all ages to respond to the message of the gospel. We demonstrate love in ministry, mission and acts of mercy, proclaiming Christ in every context. Again, this vision statement is not something for 10 years of what the elders and the pastors need to do. This is what we want to see the church do because we are the church. And each of those bold statements that you see through there is something that we'd like you to consider in your own mind. Is that, Can you draw a line to that? that we love one another, that we encourage one another, that we are devoted to worshipping Christ, that we pray in faith-stretching ways, that we serve using our gifts. And so that's our vision for where we would like to see Mueller Community Church go in the next 10 years. But we're in this together. You know, Anne Ortland, in, her, uh, in a book that she wrote, um, Up With Worship, I think it was called, she talks about the church. And I went shopping yesterday... And I picked up two things that she talks about of what the church could possibly be. And she said the first one, the church could actually be a bunch of marbles. You have a bunch of marbles. And I know some of you need a little bit more of a visual sort of uh, identity so that in 10 years' time we can talk and remember what sort of church we were back today and what we are in 10 years' time. And she talks about the marbles, that if you were to come together as a church and you're just a bunch of marbles, well... What do you do? Well, all you do is you come together and you kind of scratch each other. And if you hear it scratch, it might give you goosebumps. And you sort of just, you, bunt, you bounce off each other. You make a bit of a bang and a bit of a noise. And, and that's all it is. That's all the marble. The, the, only, the only thing that we have as a church is that we gather together in one spot together and nothing actually happens. You're just a bunch of marbles. But Anne then and says, but no, but the church is to be this. 
It's meant to be a cluster of grapes. We're meant to be a cluster of grapes because when a cluster of grapes comes together, you'll notice that the grapes are actually joined together. They're connected to the same branch. They're connected to the same vine. They're receiving the same amount of nourishment together. And they're rooted in the same way. And you know what? They actually grow together. And as the grapes, as they join together and as they mesh together, yeah, there might be some grapes that aren't doing so well at the moment, but at least they're together. They don't just bounce off each other. They don't just scratch against each other. And you know what's beautiful about grapes is that over time, because they mesh together, they can actually become a very sweet-tasting wine. You think about that. We as followers of Jesus are the aroma of Christ. How much more do we want to be a cluster of grapes than a bag of marbles? And that would be our vision for 2033. For the next 10 years as a church, we want to be growing together. Growing together in our love for each other and our love for Jesus. Growing in grace and knowledge of him through time in his word and spending time together. Because we want to have deep community with each other. And it is when we have that deep community that God receives the glory. And not only that, we'll be united in our vision, we'll be united in our mission and our purpose that will not only encourage us, but we'll also be able to reach the community around us as well too. So that is our vision for the next 10 years. And heading into next year, again, we've got to sort of unpack this a little bit as a, as a leadership and step it through. Uh, but next year for 2024, we do have a few priorities that we're going to be working on. Resourcing the next uh, generation, investing in next generational ministries. We're actually really encouraged that we've been able to uh, uh, have Nathan Wetzel. He's here this morning. He's actually going to be joining our youth ministry team as an intern for a couple of days a week next year, working alongside Tim. Really encouraged by that. Then we're also going to be looking at, we're going to be, we're going to be looking at uh, a discipleship pathways as well. And then also how we look at our developing leaders and encouraging leaders and people volunteering in our various ministries here right at Mueller Community Church. Now we've got to do a little bit of unpacking of, of sort of how that all plays out. But they're the things that we're bringing before the Lord and we'd ask him to continue to guide us and lead us in those things. I'm going to invite Steve to come forward, another one of our elders here. And he's just going to pray because we know with much prayer, there is much power. And we can't do any of this in our own strength. And if we ever do, well, that's just not a good thing, is it? We want to come before the Lord and we want to pray and commit these things to him. So let's, um, let's pray together. Thanks, Can Steve. Get, <clears throat> thanks, Finn. Can I get you all, let's stand together. Sometimes simple things like standing can be a, a good reminder of our unity together. So let's, let's stand and pray together. Father God, it is so wonderful to be in a community. Lord, I think of that verse in Psalm 61.5. You have given us a heritage of those who fear your name. Lord, we've heard this morning those testimonies of, of people who fear your name, who love you, who have stepped out in faith and have laid a path. And many of us have grown up in this church or joined this church, followed along and been caught up in that vision we found a place of community and fellowship a place to learn more about you lord it is our desire that that would continue to be the testimony of this church lord we are so thankful for your loving kindness and your graciousness to us once when we were dead in our sins you made us alive in christ once we were not a people 
but now we are. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have. Once we were without hope, and yet now we have the hope of Christ. Lord, I'm so thankful for my brothers and sisters that you've brought to this church. I thank you for the encouragement that they are to me and to my family. I thank you for the blessing that it is to have people who love you. Lord, we want to testify and proclaim this morning that we do. We love you. We want to grow in our love for you. We love one another and we want to grow in our love for one another. Help us to seek out opportunities to show that love. Lord, we are so privileged to gather. Thank you that we can do this this morning. All of us together, our families, kids, the noise, even having to step over kids to get up here this morning, Lord, is wonderful. We want to gather and worship you together. But Lord, we don't want to be insular. We've been here for 30 odd years, but we don't want to stay just here in a physical sense. We want to be stepping out into the community. In every context, help us to proclaim the gospel that Jesus Christ saves, that lives of sadness and isolation and depression can be restored and renewed. Lord, that our selfishness can be done away with as we're brought into a marvelous vision of what it's like to be part of your family. Lord, help us to uh, hear your word. Help us to take that word deep down in our hearts, to be transformed by it, I pray. And then help us to go. Help us to take that message to a world that desperately needs it, Lord. Thank you so much for this church. We want to praise you and give glory to you and thank you for all that you've done. But we pray that the last 30 years are just a foretaste of all that can be done here in this church. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' mighty, powerful, and wonderful name. Amen.